thankful for his grace where would we be without amazing grace where would we be without the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ who would reach down and find us where we were amen but he didn't leave us there but he picked us up amen what a wonderful savior we serve today amen let's just go to him in prayer father Lord we just I want to say how much, Lord, we're thankful for your mercy. How much we're thankful for the grace of God that's been in our lives, Lord. How you've moved in our hearts and touched us and orchestrated things, ways, Lord, we never saw coming. But, Lord, you and your mercy seen it before the foundation of the world. And you saved us out of the wretched pit that we was in, Lord. God, you had a key to that pit, and you opened it up, and you led us out, Father, to be free, sons and daughters of the King. Lord, I believe we are in the season of blessings. I believe we're in the season, Lord, of all things are possible. The season, Lord, of your return, Lord, to where these old bodies will take on new bodies, and the dead in Christ will rise, and we'll go to meet you in the air. What a day that'll be, Lord. Lord, we don't want to ever forget to give you praise for all that you've done. And magnify you, Lord, the name that is above every name. We love you, Father. Lord, we praise you and thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Zechariah 4. Amen. Amen. Gone just a few weekends ago to Brother Dale Smith's and had um, had a wonderful time there with him and his congregation and and um, was able to spend some time in fellowship with him and also he wants me to made made made, made sure that I give his greetings. Uh, I haven't been here on a Wednesday night to minister in, in a few weeks. Brother uh, Matthew McGarry was here. That weekend, that Wednesday after I got back, and Brother Aaron last Wednesday, and, and man, man, we just had a wonderful time in the Lord. Amen. I, I'm just so thankful for real men of God and, and that'll stand shoulder to shoulder and declare the promises of God. And, amen. Without fear of favor. Amen. And we're just thankful for that. And uh, so we've been a little bit sick in body, but we're getting over that. And, and we're thankful for the strength tonight to ministers. Let's just look in here at Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, The angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. It said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold and a bowl upon the top of it. 
and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other on the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel and talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to speak to you this evening on the light, the fire, the fire. Amen. You know, as Brother Brandon would bring this scripture out in the Patmos vision, he would begin to explain the things and, and reveal the things that were spoken here. And he would talk about the trees that were on either side of this lamp that was burning brightly. He said it was burning brightly because it had plenty of oil. Amen. And so it was getting all from both sides and it was forgetting from these two olive trees and these two trees represent the old and the new Testament. And of course the oil typifies the Holy ghost. Now I, I think that's a wonderful statement that it had plenty of oil, that it wasn't something that was about to run out or something that was in, even in the context of worrying about, but it was filled to the brim. And I, I believe that the, the, the word of God is full of the promises of God. They're full of the goodness of God. They're full of the mercy of God. They're full of everything that we have need of. Amen. And I, I'm thankful that we don't have to worry about or that's something in our minds tonight that it's running out. Because it's not running out because there's still power that lays in the word of God. And so, of course, the oil typifies the Holy Ghost, which who alone can give the light of God to the people. And the angel spoke to Zechariah as much, saying, this is what you see. It means that the church cannot accomplish anything by its own might or power. It won't accomplish anything by its own theologies or its own intellectual conceptions or its own abilities. It'll only accomplish things by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul would come and he would say, I do not come to you in word or deed only, but I come in you, to you in spirit and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Amen. Because it's not by my own might. It's not by my own intellect. Now, Paul, could have, he had intellect, intellectual ability. He had great school and he, he had the abilities to put words together and maybe uh, uh, speak about the Greek words and all of those things. He, might, he could have maybe done all of those things, but he was not relying upon that. He was relying upon the one he met on the road to Damascus. And the one that he met on the road to Damascus, the light of God, the pillar of fire, amen, that is what he would rely on throughout his whole life and his whole journey. And I believe that's what we are relying on tonight. But you notice you couldn't put a pipe in there, amen, or something. You had to have a certain, uh, to, to draw the oil up, it had to be something that, that, could, that, that was, had a, a certain consistency about it or a certain nature about it, that when it was di dipped into the oil, it couldn't be metal or it couldn't be a pipe or it couldn't be uh, just it's anything you want. It was a special thing that you would take and run down through there. It was called a wick. And Brother Brandon would talk about that. He said, a wick is faith. 
He said, a wick is faith, and it's got to be run down into the oil of God. And, and when it's run into the oil of God, he said, when you have your faith, one end of it lit up by the fire of God, the other end of it dipped in God's Holy Ghost oil, there's going to be a shining light. There's going to be something take place, amen. But we examine the lampstand, we examine this reservoir, and we could see that in the central of it, it would bring out seven arms, and we know those seven arms would typify, amen, seven church ages, and, 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 and it would come out, as we know, the seven candlesticks would speak about each church age, and it's, but the same oil that burnt in the first church age is the same oil that burns through every seven, every one of the seven pipes. And, and another thing about this, <clears throat> that that light never went out. Amen. The priest, what they would do, they would just keep pouring oil in the bowl. Amen. That's what I believe as priests of God, we ought to make sure that our lights never go out. Amen, that we continue to pour the oil of God into the lamps, amen, that they continue to burn. Now, as we know, this lamp was lit in a very special way. It wasn't lit by Moses. It wasn't lit by Aaron. It wasn't lit by the first priesthood, amen, but the priest would take a fire from the sacred altar, which was originally lit by the fire of God. When the fire of God would come down and it would come down to that sacrifice and it would light that first burnt offering, amen, that would continually feed that fire. Excuse me for a moment. They would continually feed that fire and that lamp would continually burn because it was to be lit by the original fire. And so it would go from the first one to the second one to the third one to the fourth one to the fifth one to the sixth one lit by the original fire. Amen. Lit by the original fire. The holy fire from God's altar being passed from lamp to lamp. He said, what a wonderful type of the Holy Spirit in the seven church ages. The original outpouring of Pentecost, which the outpouring came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat is in doing his church through seven ages and showing forth perfectly that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a never-changing God in his essence and his ways. Amen. So that fire, it was signifying that God is always the same. Amen. The light that lit the first one is the light that lights the last one. Amen. It isn't the intellectual abilities of Paul that lights the seven churches. It isn't the abilities of Peter that lights the seven churches, but it's the original light of God. Amen. As Jesus would say, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He is the main vine which come out of the original root from the original seed that has the life in it. Now that vine does not bear its fruit. It's the branches that does that. But you can say you can take a, any kind of citrus tree and you can graft other limbs. You can take an orange tree and you can graft a grapefruit or you can graft a lemon or a tangelo and all those limbs will grow. But if that life of that tree ever puts off another branch, it'll have the, light of the, the life of the root inside of it. Amen. And I believe that's what we're looking at tonight. If the life of Jesus Christ is putting off another branch, it has the same attributes. It has the same life. It has the same power. It has the same spirit. It has the same light. It has the same fire. It has the same Holy Ghost. Amen. It, It will be the same kind of branch. Amen. It was brought forth at Pentecost. 
Amen. It will speak in tongues. It will prophesy. It'll have powers and signs of the resurrected Jesus Christ in it because it's thriving on the natural resources of the vine itself. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not thriving on our own resources. We're not thriving on our own abilities uh, to gain strength or to be strong or, or to be a strong movement. That's not what we're thriving on. We're thriving on the resources of the vine. And in the resources of the vine, there's divine healing. Amen. There's power. There's speaking of tongues. There's prophesying. There's all of these things in the resources of the vine. Amen. But you see, it wasn't, you can't be grafted in. It has to be born in. Amen. To be part of the original. That's the problem with a lot of people. We get grafted members. Amen. Say a few good things, make a good pledge, shake hands with a few people, and we grafted them in. They have a new theology. They have a new message. They have, they've got, they got the rules and the regulations, this, that, and the other. Listen, we don't need rules and regulations. That's not what this message is about. This message is about a life. Amen. The message did not produce new rules and regulations. The message pulled from the resource. Amen. Amen. And it's in the resource is where it is pulled from. It's in the Bible. That's where it comes from. And that's what gives us strength. Amen. It's not man. Amen. It's not, it's not our denominational thinking. It's not, you know, denominational thinking that can direct men. You know, I remember, uh, you know, some folks that showed up one time and, and they thought that we just regulated our sisters in a certain way that they wore dresses and, and that's just what they'd done. And, and you know, one of the, the ladies said, you know, if we just talked to Brother Tim, I'm sure he would let us wear pants. And, they, you know, she, that's what she thought. She thought it all come from a man. Amen. They thought that you were wearing what you were wearing or doing what you were doing because of the decrees of a man. No, that's not why we do what we do. We do what we do because we're born, amen, into the vine. There's a life that flows through us and comes out of us and we can't help who we are. Amen. So if you expect to change who I am, amen, I can't help who I am. Amen, I can't help that I was, amen, born a son of God. I can't help that I was born, amen, after the same life that Paul was born after and Peter was born after and all the other men throughout the ages that were born the same spirit. Therefore, we have the same life. We have the same attributes. We have the same God moving through us. It's not regulated by man. Amen, it's regulated by the resource. It's in the Bible. But you know how thrilling, you know, is to think of these seven lamps drawing life or light from the resources of that main bowl because their wicks were dipped therein. Each age mess, church age messenger is depicted here. His life is on fire with the Holy Ghost. His wick, he's drawing the very life of Christ. By it gives out light to the church. What kind of light is he given? The very same light the first one gave. Hallelujah. We don't have a different light. We have the same light. We don't have a different life. We have the same life. 
We don't serve a different Jesus. We have the same Jesus. The same one Paul preached is the same one we believe. Amen. The very same light that was in the first lamp that was lit and right on down through the ages to the last day messenger. The same life, the same light is manifested by a life that's hidden Christ in God. You say, well, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. That's the messengers. He said, but it also speaks of what speaks of the messenger. But every true believer is also dramatically depicted here too. Amen. They're all drawing from the same source. Hallelujah. They all have been dipped into the same bowl. They have dead to themselves and are alive. Their lives are hidden, Christ and God, and they're sealed in by the Holy Ghost. No man can pluck them out of his hands. Their lives cannot be tampered with. The visible life is burning and shining and giving light and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. The inner invisible life is hidden in God and fed by the Lord's word. Satan can't touch them. Not even death can touch that. Amen. So it's very important that we have the original light that was lit. Not just another secondhand light. You know, we, we worried about secondhand smoke. You need to be worried about secondhand light. Amen. God don't have grandchildren. You have to be born of the same light your mom and daddy were born of. And if they weren't born of that light, you still have to be born of that light. Amen. Listen, we don't want secondhand light. We want God's original light. We don't want light that's passed down, amen, by traditions of something that's been passed down through ages and time. That's not what we want. It's just some tradition. But we want the original light. The original life, the original Holy Ghost, the original power moving in our hearts, moving in our lives, moving in our homes, moving in our churches. Hallelujah. We need to be a church that's on fire, not with the Laodicea and fire and smoke that's going to burn. No, sir, that's not the fire we're looking for, but the original fire that fell on the day of Pentecost is back again, and it's moving, and it's touching. And I say, God, let it touch me. But we're also dealing with strange fire. You know, uh, Aaron's, Aaron's two sons would come into the, here they were called to be priests, and they would come to do their duties, and they would just bring their incense in, and the Bible called said they offered strange fire before the Lord. In other words, it was a fire, it was a fire that God had not lit. Amen. They had to bring the same fire that God had lit. Not of their man-made ideas and their pet quotes and how they want things to add up and how they want things to be. No, we want the fire of God. Amen. We want the same fire that he lit. And there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them. Brother Brown would talk, talk about it. it. says, these lamps, they had to, it was their duty to take it in there, but they had to be lit 
by the fire that God had lit. Aaron's sons went in with some strange fire and God slew them in the door. That's right, strange fire. He said, if a man tried to go in the Holy of Holies, if somebody started in the Holy of Holies without coming through here, he died. Aaron's sons took strange fire one day. He said, some denominational fire. Amen. When it wasn't, and it said denominational fire, and they died at the door. They were, were to take the same fire that God had lit. And in not doing so, it brought death. Amen. We must be careful that we do not come with some to God with some man-made ideas or, or man-made fire, but we get the original fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Man today is playing with fire, has broken into God's laboratory and has created his own fire and when is going to bring death by nuclear destruction to untold millions of innocent people who had nothing to do with it. And this is exactly what happens if a priest is not careful and does not bring what God, the fire God lit. But he brings a man-made idea or a man-made creed or a man-made dogma. That's not what we want. We want the original fire of God because that brings life. <coughs> But we know God dwells in fire. Go through a few scriptures here. We try to just go through this. He called his people by fire. So what he did, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a blazing fire in the midst of a bush. He led his people by fire. Amen. He led them with a cloud by day and an all night with a light of fire. Amen. David would say it like this. He said, he spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to illuminate by night. Oh my. Amen. That sounds like some people of this day. Amen. That has the cloud and the fire. It's showing the same God as in this Exodus once again. It's not a calling out by man's decree. Amen. It wasn't a man that called you to where you are today. Come on now. There's not a man could put you where you are today. Amen. You listen to some of y'all stories and how they man and how God orchestrated this and how he done this and how he moved this obstacle and how he done that. Listen, that was not man. That was the pillar of fire. And God is covering over his people. Amen. He said he brought the cloud as a covering. It would cover them during the hot days of the summer. And walking through that desert, and it would keep those burning rays off of them. And it would protect them. Amen. And shield them to where their enemies couldn't even find them. And then at night when they need to make a way and they didn't know where to go, a light would appear and it would begin to burn and move. And they would get behind that light and follow it wherever it went. In the darkness, he made a way. He is described as fire. In Exodus 15, it says, you overthrow your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleash your burning wrath. It consumed them like stubble. Exodus 24 says, in the sight of the glory of the Lord, 
was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. So I don't know where we're going to come about with having some cold, cold formal religion somehow. Not if you got the fire in it. No, no. Deuteronomy 4, 24 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. A jealous God. 2 Samuel 22, 9 says, Smoke rose from his nostrils and consuming fire came from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth. Psalms 97, 3 says, Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. Isaiah 33, 14 says, The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling grips the ungodly. Who of us can dwell with a consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with everlasting flames? Daniel 7 says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancients of days sit whose garment was white as snow and his hair on his head was like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. But man, we have the ability or the right to the original fire, yet man wants to replicate the fire. Man wants to build their own fire. Man wants to decree how it should act and how big it should get and how how wide it should be, how it should move to the church. But God lit the church. So if God lit his church with the original fire, How are we supposed to tell him how his fire is supposed to act? How are we supposed to tell him how his word is supposed to move and and to touch and who he's supposed to touch and who he's not supposed to touch and how he's supposed to touch it? And they're they're getting out of line. People like to build their fires in their own box. (laughs) Some people are spiritual fire extinguishers. Brother Brown would call them wet blankets. But they're spiritual fire extinguishers. See a little something happen and they want to sit down on it and camp down on it and, and say it ain't so. If the church is going to move in power and demonstration, it'll have to be the original fire. Or otherwise, no matter the shouting, the dancing, the jumping, the sit, or the sitting on your hands, none of that matters. Not saying a word doesn't matter. But if that original life is not there, then that original fire is not there. We need that original fire. The Brandon said like this, he said, Moses needed a touch. I guess I'm just supposed to go slow tonight. He tried to do it intellectually. He tried to do it in in his own power. And he said, that's what's the matter with the churches of our day. We're trying to do it through schooling. We're trying to do it through denominations. And we're trying to do it through education. And we're trying to do it through reformation. But what the church needs is a new birth. A baptism of the Holy Spirit, the touch of the seventh sense, the sixth sense that sets the soul on fire. That touch will bring the sinner out of the rut. 
That touch will bring him out of pornography. That touch will bring him out of sin. That touch will bring her, amen, to a life of overcoming power. God needs to touch the church. Amen. He said, well, I don't know. Well, you know, a man was being ordained one day, and the elders standing around said, Lord, wrap him up in burlap, burlap sacks, pour kerosene on him, and set him afire for the gospel. Hey, boy, that sounds like some real praise the Lord religion. <laughs> so wrap him up in burlap, burlap sacks, pour kerosene on him, and set him afire for the gospel. That's what we need today. <laughs> On fire. Turn him loose then and let him run. <laughs> he said he used to brand cow, calves and we'd take a calf. He said, I know you've roped and hogtied a mini one, I guess. He said, we used to brand them. Someone said, aren't you ashamed to pack that hot iron and stick that on that poor little calf's side? Aren't you ashamed of that, Brother Branham? Aren't you ashamed? You know, Peter and all them other people, aren't you ashamed? No. That's <laughs> pretty simple. I like that. I ain't got to give you no reason. No. Aren't you ashamed of the presence of God falling in the church? Aren't you ashamed when somebody gets a little drunk on the spirit and they got to be toted out? Aren't you ashamed, amen, when the tongue starts speaking and, and God starts prophesying? No. He said, I'll stick that on his side. Oh, he'll have a kicking fit. He'll squall. He'll bellow. But when he's turned loose, he has a spasm and he'll really run. But he knew from then on who he belonged to. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows as long as he lives. I belong to this one. Hallelujah. That's what happens to a true born again Christian. That when the fire of God falls upon you, there's never no doubt anymore. I know who I belong to. I know who I am and who's my daddy. God, are you ashamed of those people down there acting like that? No. You may scream, you may cry, you may act funny, but you'll know who you belong to from then on. For you're sealed into the kingdom of God by the Holy Spirit. It's the seal. He said, but God's goodness can come and it's become so common till we don't enjoy it like we used to. If God could open our eyes and give us a desire to do something for him, second night of revival, 150 people in the audience, you know, I wonder what would happen if our eyes could see what our Lord did last night to see what he will do any night. Amen. Each Christian soul should be so zealous and so full of the fire of God, his eyes open to see the coming of the Lord. For these are the signs and mileposts of his soon appearing. Even science is declaring it. Moving the clock up 90 seconds to midnight. 
And they're saying they're being optimistic. We're closer than we've ever been. We see signs. We see mileposts of his soon appearing. We see it in the Gentile world is just about to end. We see all these things and we yawn and we pat our mouth and we go to sleep and say, why does he preach so long? That's a direct quote, 57, 12, 12, the door of the door. (laughs) And the Lord comes down and performs things as he said he would. But it was Moses. If there was any trained man who could depend on intellect, Moses would be the man. Had degrees all over his wall of Egypt and how he led him in this battle and that battle. and Smartest man in Egypt. Went out to try to deliver his brother, made a mistake, fled. And there he was on the backside of a desert for 40 years for God to beat some of that theology out of him. To take the clay and beat it down till it was ready. But one day this man was out there minding his own business with attendance to some sheep. And he see that thing burning over there. And he said, it, <clears throat> here he was 80 years old now. And he learned more in the presence of that burning bush in five minutes than he learned in 80 years of school of Egypt. Sure, what Moses lacked, the bush had. What the church lacks, the bush has. Amen. What you lack, the Holy Ghost has. You don't have to find Dr. Dobson. He ain't got it. Neither does any other psychologist. They ain't got it, but the Holy Ghost has got it. You find him, you'll find what you lack. The same fire of God. He said, what, what, he said, the Holy Ghost has got the same fire of God. What the schools need is fire. Yes. Amen. And what the schools need is fire. Holy Ghost and fire. In the presence of fire. He had an experience. He was running from Egypt before the bush. After the bush, he's running to Egypt. Right. Sometimes God can do things so ridiculous to the carnal mind. Could you imagine the next morning Moses tells his wife Zipporah, we're saddled up, get the kid on each hip. Moses with old dry stick, whiskers hanging down the side, praising the Lord, going down over the hills. If that ain't a pitiful sight looking by the carnal mind, somebody say, Moses, where are you going? I'm going down to Egypt to take over. A one-man invasion. But think of it. The thing of it was he did it. The thing of it was, he did it. He had had an experience. He didn't care how many Egyptians he had slew. First time he slew one and got in trouble to run. Next time he slew the whole army. He had an experience with God. What the church needs tonight is not more schooling. It needs an experience with God. A fire, spiritual, Holy Ghost and fire experience. We heard this story. I think I mentioned it here, but I, uh, just last service I was here, but I mentioned it again because I love this story. Brother Branham had that experience with a fire. 
found him a turtle. Thought, man, old turtle walked up to him. You know how a turtle does, sucks up in his shell. <laughs> Reminds me of some turtles in church. Say something a little bit on their, on their toes. <laughs> Fire goes by their head. Preacher gets on them a little bit. Amen. Odd looking creature. I, I just want you to understand. If you're a turtle in church in a Holy Ghost and fire church, you're an odd looking creature. When the power of God's falling and people rejoice and you're sitting over there in your little shell, you're an odd looking creature. That's just a little extra. As soon as you got up to him, pulls himself back in that shell, closes up. Read your direct quote. Puts me in mind of a whole lot of so-called Christians. As soon as you mention divine healing or you mention the Holy Ghost, oh, no, we don't believe in that. Well, we wanted to see him move. And he said, I want to see the church move too. Amen. But he couldn't move till you get his legs working. <laughs> and if the church won't move till the whole body goes to work. I said, just a minute, brother, I'll make a move. Went and got me a switch, poured it on to him. Didn't do no good. You can beat it, beat him, you can beat him and you beat him. The more you whip, the more the tighter they get. Well, how can I make a move? I found me a water, some water, and I put him in the water and I held him down until just a few bubbles come up. He said, I know you had all kind of baptism, sprinkling, pouring, made denominations of what happens. Go down a dry center, come up a wet one. Doesn't do any good. You can beat it into them. You can't beat it into them, nor you can make, nor can you baptize it into them. <clears throat> you know what I did? I got me some sticks and a little piece of paper, and I made a fire, and I set that old boy on top of it. Like, just put this in your mind. This is pretty hilarious. I know Peter wouldn't like this story, but I like it. Amen. Who put, get you some sticks, build you a fire, and put that turtle on top of it. And I made that fire then, and boy, did he begin to move. If there's anything that'll move the church of God, is the baptism of the Holy Ghost falling again. Not some new theology. Not some new way to baptize, but just let the Holy Ghost fall in the church. The fire, the light of God. The trouble of is you took the fire off the altar. And it was a God-led fire. William Branham didn't like this fire. I'll get to that in a minute. It's a God-led fire. <laughs> The trouble of it is, you took the fire off the altar. It needs to be on the altar. It needs to be in every heart again. An old-fashioned St. Paul revival and the Bible Holy Ghost is awakening powers of God. What the church needs tonight is not a whipping, not a theology. 
but the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. That's what's going to make the church move. Set the church on fire with the gospel. Set the fire of God down on them through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That'll make them move. Praise God forever. That's what it takes to make the church move under the blood. The blood brings the fire. The sacrifice was offered by fire. The blood on the fire begins to make smoke, and the smoke goes up as a sweet-smelling Savior, and it went to the Savior himself. We need fire. We need fire to leave here. Just as an astronaut, we need fire to leave this atmosphere to go into another one. The bride of Jesus Christ has to have fire to leave here. You can have the beautiful rocket. You can have the, all the beautiful engine and you can polish it and you can make it look all good. But if they ain't fire, it ain't going nowhere. Amen. That's what he would say in Countdown. He said, there's an entrance. There's a place, a way of escape. And he said, there's a countdown that's going on. But there has to be fire. There has to be fire. There has to be the power to make it rise. The same power they received on the day of Pentecost, the same way. It has been all the time the same one because it's the same door. How do we get in this body? By the same door. Jesus is the door to the body. Now the door is just about to close in Laodicea, just last countdown, and the church is fixing to take its orbit above all tribulations, above all the destruction above all the things that are going on here in the earth and is about to rise into another atmosphere. Is that morning when John Glenn took off, everybody was on their faces crying and praying, wondering if he was ever going to be able to achieve what he set out to achieve. First thing you know, fire begins to spread from them atoms as that great big missile lifted off there at Cape Canaveral, going up in the air like that, people screaming and crying and wondering what happened to their astronaut that was going up. But old church, glory, she's spreading some fire too. The church is spreading some fire too. The countdown's on. Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, Laodicea and that church age. We're at the end. Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today, and forever. What's the matter? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. There won't be no crying, but there'll be singing and shouting and praising God as the church takes his astronaut moving to the skies by the power of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> he said in a natural achievement, they've taken off to the moon, but in a spiritual achievement, we've taken off towards heaven. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is lifting her up above the moon, stars, right beyond everything could ever be achieved by man. The church will take her flight into the bosoms of God. One of these mornings, friends, a man has been able to achieve what they have by their natural things, but God is achieving even more by the supernatural. Hallelujah. What the church needs tonight, it needs the Holy Ghost and fire to get the church moving for the kingdom of God. It'll walk then. A revival? 
Accept Christ the word, believe it, let it sink down the fifth rib on the left side till it anchors in the bottom of a heart. Then floods of joy will spring up, joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Holy Spirit will make you sing, fill my way every day with love. As I walk with the heavenly dove, it'll do something to you. What we need is that fire. It puts an energy in there. It puts an energy in there. Listen, if you get the fire of God in your services, it'll put an energy in there. children of Israel one time halting between two opinions. There was some that was worshiping Baal and there was some that was worshiping God. It had got to the point that Elijah thought it was only him, but God told him, said, no, I've got seven, was it 7,000? I believe it was souls that has not been the knee. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that seventh one was in there. Elijah came to him and said, why halt? He called him to Mount Carmel. I've been able to stand on that mountain. He said, how, why halt? how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, follow him. And the people answered not, the, not a word. And Elijah said to the people, I, even I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophet are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullet from themselves and cut in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullet and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. So we're going to both play on a level playing field. And you call on the name of your God and I'll call on the name of the Lord and the God that answers by fire. He had scripture for this. The God that answers by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered said, it's well spoken. We know the story. As they begin to build their altar and they begin to cry aud, and they, and they begin to dance and holler. And Brother Bram said they were sincere. They wouldn't make believe and they were sincere enough to cut themselves. They, they were looking for something to happen. But they were serving a dead God, a dead creed, a dead letter, a theology. Of course, the prophet of God looked down after them and called even to noon. And, he, and there was no voice to answer. They began to leap. And, and Elijah looked at him. He mocked them. He said, well, cry louder. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's on a journey. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. That scripture, I'm reading it right out. Must be awakened. And they cried louder and they cut themselves more until the blood gushed out of them. But it came time to the evening sacrifice. <laughs> and they will have neither voice nor had any answer. And they had no answer to what was going on. They couldn't say what was happening. Elijah said, okay, that's enough. He said, he called the people and said, come here. And the people came here and repaired the altar of the Lord. 
He brought everything back into his position. He put the 12 stones back in their place. Amen. He put amen, the Godhead back in his place. He put serpent seed back in his place. He put the baptism back in his place. He put all the lost truths down through the dark ages back in their place. And he said, I want you to understand, this ain't rigged. Bring me water. Bring me wood. They put wood. Bring me water. And they poured buckets of water until it soaked the trench or soaked the altar and filled the trench that was around the altar. When he had put it all in order, they brought, filled four barrels of water and poured on the burnt sacrifice. Do it a second time. So there's eight barrels. And the water ran about the altar and he filled the trench. And it came time, path came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. In the evening time, it shall be light. God doesn't make mistakes, church. He puts things in there as types. And he's showing his people in that day. But in his mind, he's looking to a people in the last day. And he's like, going to be a lot of people with theologies and dead gods and historical gods and historical ideas. But I'm here to tell you there is one true living God. Amen. And he began to stop and he said, oh, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. So apparently Elijah had visions as well. At thy word, hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and thou hast turned what? Turn their heart back again. (laughs) Do you see yourself on Mount Carmel? Turn their heart back again so they'll know it has nothing to do with me. They'll know it's not the seventh grade educated prophet. It's not me, but it's you, oh God. It's nothing that I conjured up. It's nothing that's my own doings. It's not my intellectual abilities. But I've done at thy word. And the fire of God fell. And consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I say in this age, let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Because let me tell you, he does some wonderful things with this fire. He destroys your enemy with this fire. He makes a way with this fire. He shows you the way with this fire. Let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And let his word be true. There's a prophet Elisha. And his, and his servant Gehazi was surrounded by a Syrian army. 
Gehaz, I went out one morning with his coffee. Looking out over his little porch. That was a good morning to serve the Lord. Look how beautiful it is. What's that out there? What in the world is that? You know, sometimes when you get up in your morning in the morning to drink coffee, you don't know what's gonna face you out that day. You don't know what doctor's report's about to come. You don't know what anything's about to happen. You're just drinking coffee. And here he's just drinking coffee and maybe eating something that they ate. Sure it wasn't an egg muffin, but whatever it was. Trying to remember what we ate, a falafel or something like that. I know it was awful. (laughs) Whatever, he was enjoying his morning. It's a great day to serve the Lord. It's a great day. What is that? What's all that? Out? What's all them hoof sounds I'm hearing? What's all that dust? Well, what, what's going on around? Well, it's not just that road. It's that road over there too. They're over here too. One's right on the other side. Over the other side of his house. It's on that road too. Lights are! Forget the coffee! We're surrounded! The doctor, pastor, forget your coffee. Forget drinking your coffee this morning. You don't know what I'm going through. I I just got hurt from the doctor and I'm gonna die. I just heard my son's out here and he's done this. This is going over here. All kinds of things can happen. Elisha walks out on the porch with his cup of coffee. So what's happening, Gehazi? Don't you see all of that out there? Don't you see all those Syrians? Don't you see all those things that have surrounded us? Don't you see? Don't you see? Don't you see? Oh, boy, that's good. That has to be barnyard. (laughs) Gehazi, I see there's more with us than there's with them. What are you talking about? There's more with us than there was with them. Look at all that. They're around. You ain't even seen the other side of the house. Let me go look. Yep, there's still more with us than there is with them. What are you talking about? Lord, opened his boy's eyes. And all of a sudden, his eyes became aware of another realm. And in another realm, there was the hills were full of chariots of fire and horses of fire. And Elijah Slash said, there's more with us than there is with them. Let's go down and talk to them. Let's go down and face our enemy. Let's go down because God is a consuming fire. And he walks right down to the captain of the host. Who would you like to see? I'd like to see Elisha. And God had blinded them. Here Elisha standing right before them and they don't even know it's Elisha. <laughs> and you worried about your enemy. What you need to do in the morning is fix you a good cup of coffee, 
If you don't like coffee, orange juice, water, tea, whatever you like in the morning, chocolate milk, I don't care. Drink it and say these words. There's more with me than there is with him. Hallelujah. There's more for me than there is against me. Brother Timothy, it looks like sickness is on all sides. Cancer is everywhere. And it seems impossible that we're ever going to get out of here. Open our eyes tonight, God. May we witness tonight there's more with us than there is with them. There's more God than there is cancer. There's more God than there is sin. There's more God than there's anything you're facing in your life. Hallelujah. I would say right now, say, God, you're with me. And if you're with me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. 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 Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day and to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself. Great cities, fenced cities up to the heaven of people great and tall. The children of Anakims that are there who can stand before the children of Anak. Understand this day that the Lord Thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. And the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee. So before you meet your trial, God is already there. As a consuming fire. I, I really like fire. I enjoy being around a fire. Now, as a human, it has to be a controlled fire. We're talking naturally speaking here. Uh, yeah, I don't enjoy being around a consuming fire. <laughs> It'll cause you to lose your mind. Ask some brothers in this church. Got out a little brush. One brother was standing with two bottles of water saying, somebody get something. It wasn't going to do nothing with that little big old fire. It makes you lose your mind. It makes you lose your senses. It makes you lose a lot of things. This God is not going before you as a fire you built. <laughs> or a fire as big as you could build one. He's not going before you as that kind of fire. He's going before you as an all-consuming fire. And he shall destroy them. Hallelujah. Amen. The church of the living God has been up against cancer after cancer after cancer. But this day, there's a God that's went before us. And he is a consuming fire, and he shall destroy them. And he shall bring them down before thy face, and thou shalt drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said unto thee. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We ain't got much time left. 
whether it be months, maybe years, whatever, a few years left, months, days, whatever is left, let's destroy as many devils we can destroy. Let's take as much ground as we can take because it's not me that's going before. It's a consuming fire, the light of the Holy Ghost that is leading the church of the living God. Oh, church, draw your sword. Devil, I'm sick of you. Some of you need to get sick of cold form of religion. Say, God, I want some fire. And I don't want it to be my made fire and it lasts for just a little bit. I want the original fire. You have a right to it. Hallelujah, that's power. He is the fire, the consuming fire. He goes before thee. You are not alone. You are not alone. (coughs) God is there. To meet your need, your situation. There's more with you than there is against you. Oh, it may look like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by Him. I ask you that 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 morning, who was really surrounded? Gehazi, Elisha, or the Syrians. It proved that it was the Syrians who were actually the ones surrounded. So I want you to tell, I want to tell cancer tonight, you're surrounded. I want to tell high blood pressure tonight, you're surrounded. I want to tell Satan Every demon in hell, you're surrounded. You're surrounded by the fire of Almighty God. The light that lights our way. Lord, take these words, I pray. Embed them into our hearts, Lord. Understanding, Lord, we can have the same fire. That was lit on the day of Pentecost. The same fire that would push Paul to the spot. He'd say, oh grave, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? And he would lay himself down upon a chopping block. Many others would follow him throughout the ages, giving their lives for this gospel because they were lit by the same fire. Oh, God, I believe there's a people on the face of this earth that has that same fire, that same one that lit there in that upper room, and they have it now in their hearts, given by a message in this age. If God be God, serve him. Let the God who answers by fire. Oh, Lord, we need you. 
We need you, Jesus. Help us to really see the other realms. Help us to really see what you're doing among us. God, you're calling from the highways and the byways. You're moving in impossible situations. You're touching, you're touching impossible hearts. Oh, God, how thankful we are. We're thankful that there's still a fire among us that can burn out sin. Lord, there's still a fire that can take a man who's been a drunk and change him to never desire it anymore. There's still a fire to take a man that was a sex addict and change him to where he don't desire it no more. There's still a fire that can change a daughter of, of, of God that was caught in a web of sin under every kind of addiction of hell there's a fire that can burn it out and give her true desires and answer the deep that calls into the deep there is a fire we thank you for that let it burn in every heart Lord God may it just continue to burn so bright as it just takes over every person in this building and consuming fire not one hoof left behind in Jesus name Amen Lord is my
guides me. Had enough of getting.